0: Welcome to another
1: episode of Destination Linux Podcast.
2: Welcome to episode 80 of Destination Linux. I'm Raka, and with us this week is Zeb. PZ, what's going on?
3: Hiya, Uh, and you'll be happy to know that I did not extreme hot this week. Thank goodness, Thank I'm goodness. on the ever-reliable ever peppermint.
2: And there is Michael, the Threadripper. The Threadripper. <laughs> You'll have to watch Biddle to find out that inside yeah. info. And we have a special guest, Mark Deluzio. Welcome, hey. Mark. Thanks. Well, before we start, we wanted to say that Ryan is not with us this week because he had some pretty powerful storms go through his area and he has lost power. Everybody is okay, the whole him and the family are okay, but they are without internet and without uh, normal amenities. But uh, we hopefully will see him back next week. But for those that don't know, Mark, Mark, you were the former Linux group lead for Feral Interactive.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a weird title, Um, (laughs) but uh, basically like a lead lead developer uh, for Linux. Um, that, that sounds more fancy than it is because the Linux team, I mean, uh, never really got bigger than maybe four, maybe five to six focused people. But, um, yeah, that was what I, what I used to do at Feral.
2: Nice. Well, Ferrell does a lot of great work in the Linux community, so that's much appreciated. But you are currently working for Unity? hmm Yep. And you live in a five-rat household. <laughs> so on your twitter you have uh, a couple pictures of uh your your family members <laughs> pets yeah <laughs> however you want to say it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um i got five of them i mean i had uh three originally um well, i had i had two when i was younger like at university i got um a pair um and then obviously rats don't live for more than a couple of years um so they, they passed away like years ago or something and then yeah last year we got three more um and then a couple of months ago we got a couple of uh little ones oh so my. Um, yeah they're great though
2: <laughs> okay i'll take your word for that <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> well i mean come on like what, what's uh liam from gaming on linux you've had him on he, he's got rats yeah well. he does <laughs> um, he's got is, is,
1: is it an english thing
0: i don't think so um it's definitely one of those like they're a pet that a lot of people find weird, right? Because rats, you know, like the plague and crap like that. But, I mean, if you think about them being like slightly smaller ferrets, yeah. um, and they're like pack animals in a way, so that they're incredible. Rats are
1: actually cleaner than ferrets, which is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Realize that.
0: They're super clean. Um, and apart from the freaky tail that a lot of people get weirded <laughs> out by. Oh, I've got, I've, got <laughs> I've been brought one to show you. All right, let's see it. Nice. There you go.
2: Oh my! So it
0: cute. is.
1: He's
3: it is cute. adorable. It's cute. It's yeah. cute. I think I think
1: rats get a bad rat. they They're actually adorable.
3: Yeah, they're really nice, and they're, and they're, and they're surprisingly friendly. My my sister had a, a pet rat, and like you said, it only lasted about three years, I think. But no, it never used to bite you. Never used to do anything nasty. It would just come up and yeah. touch, and that was it.
0: They're basically they like yeah they they would never bite at all. Um, they've yeah, I don't think they've ever done anything aggressive towards me at all. They're like mm-hmm. the friendliest little, little buggers ever. I mean, look at this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> that little ratatouille.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's got a little dot on his head too. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hold a scrambling rat for an hour.
2: All right, Thank so in your also in your Twitter pictures, and let me just say I wasn't stalking you. Ryan was actually stalking you through your Twitter oh, media sure. files. Blame it on the guy who's not here. I'm telling you. Um, but... You have pictures of e three as well, so yeah, yeah, what was your favorite
0: showing in e three this year so i don't know I think actually this this year's e three was f- for me at least pretty weak, I think like um there was nothing show stopping that really made me jump up I'm like yeah that's that's great, I think you like, aren't
1: excited for the videos of gameplay that is not actual gameplay, and it's never yeah. <laughs> not even happen at all
0: well, this is the problem, and like e three has been Kind of co-opted into that stuff, right? Like it's so full of just people picking up games that aren't really ready, or you know, yeah. uh, it's a big it.
1: press conference at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, no, I think um, I was excited to see a sequel to Doom twenty sixteen. Um, that looked good. Well, we didn't, did we see anything of it? I don't think we did. Yeah, um, <laughs> no. we heard we about saw, it. We saw a logo. Yeah, that, that's and, and a title, which I mean. To be honest, it's Doom. What do you need to know, really? Right. <laughs> more, of that, more of the same game would be enough for me. Um, and seeing uh, CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077 actually like shown to some extent um, was exciting as well. So that was cool. But yeah, nothing really, nothing really jumped out massively. Yeah. That's
3: kind of like E3 like as a show? Is it hectic or...?
0: I've, I've never been. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> i think i think there's a big show floor where like loads of uh, developers and stuff are around um but it used to be a like a was it a press only and developer only event so oh like you couldn't God. get like a show pass as a member of the public uh, and then about i think five years ago it sort of changed and transitioned and now it, it's still kind of a press only event but there's some mm-hmm. show floor stuff it was actually
1: people used to say it was better when it was just developer focused mm. or press focused because it was like they weren't trying to sell stuff to you immediately.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, you know. It wasn't like um yeah, it didn't feel like a giant uh, you know, press release like you said, right? Like it Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> felt a bit more interesting.
3: Good, good. Um so tell us about your Linux journey. When did you first start using Linux?
0: So I actually had to check this because I expected, like, <laughs> I was pretty <laughs> sure I was going to get that question. Um, so I, I first started using Linux at school. Um, that would have been, oh, you know, whatever, years ago. Um, but it was Ubuntu. Um, and actually one of my, I don't know, he wasn't that close a friend then, but he, he's a, you know, an acquaintance friend, started a, a sort of Linux club to teach his friends and me and other people about, about Linux. And that that was kind of my first introduction. Uh, And then I started building my own computers and stuff. And at that point, uh, pirating Windows seemed like a bad idea. So I installed Ubuntu on them. And I think that was Ubuntu 4 or maybe Ubuntu 6, one of the two.
2: So when your friend introduces you to this group, uh, are you excited to join this group? Are you like, what is this stuff all about?
0: I I think it was a lot more like the second. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd always been a computer nerd, but I'd never been um really programming that hard or um that that way inclined so i think yeah I definitely i was just definitely like what, what even is this like why is it exciting um and to be honest like i did not get into linux back then um nothing about ubuntu really caught me like nobody yeah. really talked to me about the programming and open source side of it so i never really got into that mm. um, okay, the
1: area you were t- you're talking about was like the one of the very first versions that they came out with so
0: yeah, okay. yeah. First version was, was four. It was like,
1: right? Yeah, it was four ten, I think.
0: Yeah, um, but I still have a disk somewhere. I definitely haven't thrown it out. I've got a disk version of Ubuntu that I ordered off the internet to install it because wow. it wasn't fast enough to get the temp, the ISO, yeah. and burn it to something.
1: Well, back um, in the day, I, I used to just wanted to send me a disk because they do it for free anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. I don't know if I paid for it or not. Yeah, that's true. It might have just been free. Yeah.
3: Sure. Yeah. So, so when was it on your journey you decided, yep, this Linux is pretty good and this is for me?
0: Yes, I, I, I went to, I have a weird history of education. I went to, I did a bachelor's degree in computer visualization and animation, um, which is a weird way of saying like special effects and stuff. Um, and a lot of people, you guys might know, but like a lot of people in the Linux community don't realize that in animation and especially special effects, Linux is used a huge amount. Mm-hmm. So at university, all of our computers were running Linux. That would have been Ubuntu 08, I guess. <laughs> um, I think it was 08 because it was 09 when I joined and it was probably legacy systems. Um,
1: yeah, they yeah, probably running so the LTS or something.
0: Yeah, so that that got me more into Linux because then doing work where you're um, doing Python scripting in uh, Maya and stuff and then being able to use the command line to quickly run scripts and you know build up and customize your system. That, nice. that got me into it more. Definitely.
1: So, let's let's uh talk more about the Linux aspect to it. So, what is your preferred desktop environment, and why is it Plasma?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love the debates this show has about (laughs) DEs because to me, I just i I am so uninvested in it. I mean, so let's be clear. My favorite is GNOME, and I only ever use GNOME. But the reason I only Um, ever use GNOME is because can we
1: can we can we pause for a second and just cancel this interview?
0: Okay, good to you. <laughs> but, but the reason I only use Gnome is because, I mean, Gnome isn't a desktop environment to me. It's just a way of getting out of the way to let me use everything else. Like, Gnome is, I press the, or well, the Windows key, you know. Yeah. I press the Windows key to see my windows, and I use, like, Windows key left, right to move some windows. But apart from that, Gnome is just not a thing. Like, there's nothing that I use, right? Um, Interesting. So, like, yeah, XFC, XFC, and a few of the other minimal ones I might use at some point, but Gnome just works i've never had issues
2: so i take it from that that you are running the ubuntu proper
0: these days and is that your favorite no so i don't run i don't actually like Ubuntu these (laughs) days sorry (laughs) um i think actually it's because apt to me is just not like an apt and like dev packages and all this kind of mix um isn't a fun way of installing software um I use Arch, and I kind of, I do that because, like, the AUR is so good <laughs> <laughs> um, at just letting me install anything I want. Um, and Pac-Man is an amazing package manager, so I use Arch. Nice.
3: So, so that then begs the question, are you a real Arch user?
0: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> you installed it yourself, yeah.
0: I've, yeah, I've, I've bricked. Not completely brick, but you know i've I've failed to install arch a few times um no, I just use Antergos to get arch installed um mm-hmm. and it's got some nice skins, like it skins gnome well, you get nice icons, fancy stuff yeah um, and then it's just arch afterwards, like it's not antargos isn't some mystical magical different thing it's just it's just a way to install arch so
3: mm-hmm
0: All right, and it works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is the way it is a, it is technically a separate distro, but it's not important i just, just, just to declare just to clarify yeah yeah part.
0: you know yeah it has it has some of its own packages and stuff but you can actually from you can install antargos and just rip out everything that's antargos
1: yeah you can install this to version too yeah yeah, yeah. It, um, it provides an access to arch if you want to with like and it's it is 100 compatible but as someone who's on the team of antargos i had to specify that it is not a yes. complete arch distro
0: so. but but i like the way it works right To have a have a variation of arch that you can kind of just go back to arch if you want to
1: yeah um, it's, it's nice actually, way you get back
0: if
1: you want yeah even you know, just using the base install strips out a lot of stuff yeah. so you don't have to where you can just basically be arch right at that point
0: yeah yeah exactly
2: yeah i had I really ran went. arch uh I arch i had ran intergo's gnome up until the point i think when they went and made wayland Default without telling anybody and completely messed up my machine.
0: <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they've done that yet. Actually, well, Maybe they that'll...
2: had did it and then yeah. they reverted
1: it. Oh, so, yeah. You okay. <laughs> know uh... yeah, yes. a little testing bed thing.
0: Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I mean that happens with Wayland for every distro, right? Like Fedora <laughs> did it and Fedora just broke a load of people's stuff. Ubuntu did it and then they had to not do it for Nvidia. Yes, it got really confusing because trying to like help people with problems. You have to like, are you on NVIDIA? And they'll be like, yeah. And you're like, are you, so you're not on Wayland. And then they wouldn't know how to check. and oh, just,
1: Or even know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: But what is Wayland? <laughs> yeah. Just nightmare, really.
3: So it sounds like this next question is going to be a bit of a uh, a non-diplume, so to speak. But are you a distro hopper?
0: I, I used to be. I think while mm-hmm. going from Ubuntu to finding, like, a home, you know, I, um, I've I've tried every distro under the sun from a few years ago, not some of the newer ones, because there's a couple of like arch equivalents that have come out recently that I'd like to give a go. But, um, no, these days I just install arch basically. I've, um, like Mm -hmm. when working at Feral, I like my work machine had 10 OSs installed. Really? Um, Like everything from like Seuss Tumbleweed to, uh, like the normal distro of Seuss. Um, Arch, like, basic Arch, I finally got real Arch installed, uh, and Tergos, <laughs> uh, like, three different distros of Ubuntu. Um, mm-hmm. I had Solus, because that, that's very really nice as well. Like, I'd use Solus if Arch wasn't as good as it is. Now, was that all um, for
2: testing purposes?
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. It was just great, like... And Linux is so powerful in letting you do that. Like, I could share, up to a point, home folders between them all, share basically everything, and just swap between them easily um yeah. and that you know use whatever distro i wanted on whatever day i decided to use it and it, it just so happened that that was always antargos by the end but, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and did they all tend to be the gnome variation or
0: yeah well no because i think if you look at like the install base um gnome is pretty popular but it's not It's not like super, whatever the right word is for that. It's not like 80 90% where you can kind of. Right, it's not dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I had to have, you know, like uh, Ubuntu Unity, that needed to be around because honestly, Ubuntu Unity caused more problems than any other DE that I'd ever used. So I needed that. Um, And KDE behaves slightly differently. It's easy to cause like hangs when like maximizing a window in KDE because the order of. Like events you get back from the window manager is slightly different to everything else. Um, so, yeah, I had a mix of everything.
3: Mm-hmm. I think Makes
0: cinnamon sense. on one of them. Yeah, mint, mint cinnamon, I guess, would have been one of them.
3: Cool. So, with your prior work at um, Feral, and now that you're with Unity, we're going to be talking obviously a lot about gaming. Um, mm-hmm. But what, why is gaming an important topic in your opinion when it comes to Linux and adoption?
0: yeah so that that is interesting i think for me like I, I didn't get into programming or porting linux games because i wanted to increase linux adoption you know like mm-hmm. um but while i was doing that it became evident that, that was clearly a way to go right um i think if you think about like some of these surveys that have been done for the PC master race crowd sort of thing about like how many of them would use Linux if it had their games. And yeah. that percentage is extremely high for what you'd expect. Like it was over 50%, right? Um And yeah, the intent is debatable because obviously like you, you tick that box and say, I'd use Linux, but then actually you wouldn't maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if, if we can convince some of those people to move to Linux, um to more outspoken about games and about the os they're using than anyone else really um so th- that might help it's kind of hard to say <laughs> yeah i've um, talked to a few people
1: who they said that they would use it if they could just play the games but because they can't they don't they don't bother yeah though so, like that's and definitely like, this is definitely a big topic
0: yeah and I'm, I'm 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 a dual i'm a dirty dual booter like i well i had to be because working on, you know porting windows games to Linux, but um yeah, even just now, use, that, like,
1: that. use that excuse, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> but don't but even have an right excuse. Me, <laughs> like, for me, well, what it would take for me to, like, only use Linux would be for my games to be on Linux. That's the only reason I use Windows. Um, yeah. And sometimes for, like, random hardware just not working because for whatever reason, but, you know. um, So, yeah, uh, to me, people like me, I feel like games on Linux would mean you go more to Linux, so...
2: Mm-hmm. Well, like you right. said, there is uh, there's those numbers out there that would say that, you know, I would use Linux because like, I'm in that same boat. I would definitely. I the only reason I have a Windows partition or Windows drive is to play certain games. So mm-hmm. if those were on Linux, it, Windows would be gone. But you're right; there not everybody that says that would actually do that. So, yeah.
0: I, I mean
1: right. it probably most would just because there's there's a there's probably like a limit a barrier of i don't understand this because i haven't used it before so they might be hesitant there yeah but you know, there's there's definitely people who would be more interested if they could just play you know certain games or yeah. uh, hopefully most games um i but, mean if
0: you think about like what most people do on computers these days it's almost entirely in firefox you know like the most like my parents there's no reason why they need to be on windows when well, my no. mom's now on yeah. mac but like there's no reason why they're tied down to an os apart from like a bit of the ecosystem about devices maybe yeah. um so yeah
1: but for the most part yeah you're right they're like 80 percent of people who use windows probably don't need to use windows
0: yeah, yeah. Um, my linux kind of just works these days for a lot of things like on my laptop it just doesn't because Linux still terrible with NVIDIA laptops for some reason. Like I kind of blame NVIDIA for that, probably. Like, yeah, you can yeah, you you does, definitely blame NVIDIA Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not, it's, that's just kind of the way it is. But other than that, right, like, NVIDIA desktop is completely fine. Like, yeah. I've never had an issue installing uh, Linux on a desktop.
1: Yeah, I gave up on using NVIDIA for laptops a long time ago. Just, just basic <laughs> onboard graphics. Just give up. Uh, yeah. But speaking of just working, you currently work for Unity. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, let's talk about the way work you did for Feral. And you helped port over 20 games to Linux while mm-hmm. at Feral. What are some of the hardships you encountered when porting games to Linux?
0: Yeah, so um, I'd say what of the easy bits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because there aren't many of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think like, if, if you think about like the reason Feral exists as a company, um is because it's it's not easy to port the games that they're porting to uh Linux or Mac right um there are games where it's easy uh like unity and it's not easy but like it's <laughs> there are games where a, a developer could do it themselves with fairly minimal knowledge of the Linux platform um but a lot of these games are like all the games we worked on were so heavily tied into windows um like the code had only ever been compiled with a windows compiler Um, you know like the all the library usage and everything is tied into windows some of them would like use window events to send information within the engine and it's like this is not healthy for like cross-platform support at all Um, so yeah how
1: much rewriting did you have to do to to, for those games
0: so i I don't I, i can't go into too much detail about what feral actually does internally Mm -hmm. Uh, um but significant
1: portion as a
0: no i mean like it's actually funny like we had a joke with my colleagues where like we we'd look at a game and we'd think that the code was terrible but then you actually look at how much code you'd looked at and how much just worked and these 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 games have like a million two million millions of lines of code and you've Mm -hmm. only had to fix like a few thousand because the rest is just c++ and it kind of works um but it's it's the problem is that those two thousand can be like a complete nightmare to try and you know figure out. Just it's, a few thousand, it's no big deal. Just a few thousand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I suppose one of the one of the hardest, one of the most annoying challenges is like a case sensitive file system. You know, like <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem, maybe, <laughs> but in, it actually like really is. That that can yeah. be a complete nightmare.
1: Especially so, if they use camel case in their development or something like that.
0: Yeah, well, like I mean, the includes. Like when you're actually coding, you include a new file, right? And like that, that can be hard, but I mean, you can automate that eventually. Um, You can automate fixing that. But things like um, if a game saves a file with an uppercase at the beginning and to to the game that means something, that the file is uppercase at the beginning of the word, right? And if it saved it lowercase, it actually means it's a different type of file or something to the game. On Windows, that's fine because even though the file is on the case sensitive, case insensitive file system. When yeah. you query the name of the file, you still get the uppercase or lowercase, right? But if you're trying to simulate having a case insensitive file system, you kind of want to like lowercase all the files or uppercase them all to kind of make stuff just work. But then when you query the name of that file, it's not what the game saved it as. So it's just like this: these sorts of tiny little things that you wouldn't expect to be a problem can just be a major hassle. Right. That's
1: pretty interesting. <laughs>
0: um yeah there's a lot of other hardships um let's mm. say so, i'd say the fact sorry so i
3: was gonna say so with all these hardships what were some of your favorites that you helped port over <laughs> what at the end of the day did you go yes with it
0: it's i mean i'd i'd say like getting graphics running you know like going from DirectX to like a fully functioning vulcan game right um and then seeing it work um i never did that much of the vulcan porting um I mostly had skills in OpenGL, and then I was busy like managing, I guess, or just doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but seeing that process because it's kind of magic, like, (laughs) like, like graphics programming is just magic anyway. It's just making a load of maths appear like, you know, real life. Um, like shaders are just, you put some numbers in, you get numbers out and somehow it now looks like a person on screen. Um, So to get the whole thing and change it into another format um, and get a new graphics card to understand that is, that's really cool. Yeah.
2: All right, so with your experience with Feral and porting all these games, we talked about some of the hardships, we talked about what you liked. What are the biggest hurdles facing Linux in getting more games to the platform? And why is it NVIDIA?
0: i don't think it's nvidia you <laughs> yeah. know i think we rag we rat on about nvidia because it's, it's easy a cost, cost driver and it's easy to you know laugh at that because it causes problems all over the place um <laughs>
1: yeah it was, it's easy to blame nvidia because they they may they have they cause problems all the time
0: <laughs> yeah for, for for like distros and stuff um for games though i, I mean i was far off for five years and like if you look at the state of the Nvidia drivers five years ago compared to the state of the a m d drivers five years ago like there's a there's a clear reason why a m d wasn't officially supported for some of the earlier feral games because like these and these a m d drivers would just straight up kill your system. Like, I'm not even joking, you'd run a game and then five minutes into the game, your system would just die. And it might even black screen when you try to turn it on again. And it's just, this isn't okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, Mazer obviously changed that. And these days, Mazer is amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the When you were using the proprietary AMD, like, for a long time, AMD's drivers were just absolutely trash and yeah, then
0: F- fglrx is what it yeah was called. that one that, that was just utter like utterly yeah. unusable for most like AAA games. like yeah. indie stuff's fine but as soon as you give it like any complicated game just so this is was,
1: was like a 10-year period where amd was like yeah i'm not going to touch that and now it's like I, w- I want a thread ripper <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well this this turnaround in five years of like because you'd, you'd asked me five years ago about like what graphics card would you buy for it. Uh, linux machine and i'd have to reluctantly say nvidia i'd be like it's closed source fine but still you just might as well because you're not gonna have fun otherwise um yeah. but these days it's straight up and it's amd every time like there's no way i could recommend an, an nvidia card on linux because they're good and they work but sometimes they don't and amd is to me just as good in that respect.
1: yeah and also the amd the fact that they're doing open source drivers and they they recommend the open source drivers you just automatically have support just by then yep. you having that hardware that's awesome
0: yeah
2: um yeah it's kind of that's, <laughs> i would yeah. like to see the amd cards come down in price a little bit you know like the vega well, yeah. 64 nice. that um, would be awesome
0: but blame the bitcoin miners i mean
1: yeah <laughs> we'll blame them because that's easy too it's it's, it's pretty <laughs> accurate too though yeah. uh, but it, so anyway uh you worked for ed furrell for five years uh what what caught your eye elsewhere
0: i think i'd say five years is a reasonable time time to work on one thing. Um yeah.
1: there's, there's actually been like some business uh, I don't know what you call it motivational speakers or anything, but there's some people who say that if you're not if you if you're working for someone for five years um or more and if you're not at the point of getting to like becoming like uh an executive or something, you might as well, you know, look around and see if there's something else.
0: Yeah. Well I mean obviously like a feral I was like into Middle management, but it wasn't really because it's like a flat. Every tech company is like so flat. There's nobody's really anybody's. Well, my boss is my boss, but like I wasn't really nobody's boss, right? Right. Yeah. Um. But I guess that progression existed, right? But like, um. No, it was just more kind of you know. If you look at what Farrell's doing, they're very successful right now. Importing Linux games, and it becomes less of a um a question of can I push this to be better, um, and do I have the power to do that and everything else? And actually, like they're doing pretty well. I'm happy with everyone working there. And I figured it was time to move on. <laughs> um, for good reason. Yeah. And this thing came up unity, this thing at unity came up. Um, and luckily it's, it's nearby ish. I I have to commute for an hour and 20 minutes on the train every day.
3: That
2: um, That's not nearby,
0: dude. <laughs> well, so like, I can, I can work on the train on my laptop. Um, and, and i always get a seat because i'm going like if you think about uh commuting usually going into a big city is a major hassle because there's tons of people trying to commute in but i'm commuting out of london every morning so going the other way there's just always seats the trains are basically empty so it's a <laughs> great experience um nice so yeah
3: so let's talk about your um current position with unity um what is it and what are your day-to-day responsibilities <laughs>
0: So it's kind of hard to define that um so actually well i've joined the what's called the sustained engineering team which is a very boring uh confusing name uh but in general in in the industry sustained engineering is um a term used for like uh people who improve the practices of the company from a technological standpoint to make sure that everyone carries on smoothly mm-hmm. um which is a bit of a boring way of putting it, um and actually you can see the Sustain engineering team does not stick to that only um they do bug fixes they're like they're on call for any like big issues that happen, and someone needs to look at them, and we're all generalist programmers like I do a bit of graphics, I do everything else, so I'm useful in all of that uh, and we have the time to focus on what we want to focus on um when when there's not like you know a big issue on call, which is actually I get the impression that's a lot of the time because there's enough people in the team. Um So we can pick our own projects to see how they'd improve Unity and then push that forward. So it's kind of, yeah. So my day-to-day is, at the moment, just everything. I've been juggling loads of different stuff, trying to figure out what I'll be good at. Um mm-hmm. But there's no but set like,
2: list that you go in and this is what you have to do for today? You just basically- no,
0: not really. Uh, it's more self-directed than that. Um And... Like I'll say, like I, I, you can check, like the SDL mailing list. I've submitted a bug fix to SDL uh, because of a thing I was looking into. So um, I'm doing Linux stuff. is um, <laughs> my job title isn't like Linux, whatever something. <laughs> right. It's just a software engineer at Unity because it's like all tech companies are super flat.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and and, they, and most of the time they have like titles that are not really specific that much. Anyway.
0: Yeah, like it's really hard to even figure out titles in in tech when you're a software engineer because Mm. like i can i can work on any any number of bits of the code base from like the build pipeline to the graphic stuff to you know the editor of like the gui and stuff like so to call me like a ui programmer or a you know whatever isn't a good idea really because it defines me too much i think yeah
3: so you must love filling in all those online forms. What's your job title? Pick from this list.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you just there. have to say software engineer, right? Like I've been doing that for years. Uh, like, you just say software engineer and then hope people understand. That's what you tell yeah. your parents, right? You just you computers. It's broad
1: enough. Like, It's fine. <laughs> uh, so Unity is like one of the leading gaming the uh, game development platforms, and it's been it's supported on a ridiculous amount of systems, and you can port a lot of you can port games from various different systems to others with linux uh, could you explain the process a developer has to go through to port their game on to linux v, with unity
0: yeah so i'll have to correct what you said last week on the podcast michael what you said you just click a button and it's done <laughs> well um, i
1: mean I, I was i was being a little bit exaggerating about it, but it's it's not yeah. It's our, it, well, you know there
0: is oversimplifying yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. So, so actually, so there is genuinely a button of switch platform, right? Um, and then you switch that to Linux. And if you've done like everything right, um, and you've like, let's say you've only used features within the Unity engine provided with the editor by default, um, or plugins that Unity provide themselves, uh, then everything should just work and you should just, press a button and the whole game should work on Linux, right? That's the right. aim. Um, and that applies to like all other platforms that UT does basically. It's like you just press a button and it should just, well not all platforms because some are different, whatever. You know, the main ones. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> my statement platform. is about the ideal situation. <laughs> yeah, so the ideal situation is, yeah, you just press that button. Um, I think it's, it's a common misconception that it can be that easy um, because no matter what you do, you hit the same problems that everyone else did with every every other like system when they try and move to another platform. Um, like you might have used like an animation plugin that someone developed without ever touching Linux. And that animation plugin, you know, uses something, some library that just doesn't exist on Linux or is proprietary. And like, like I think 3ds Max or something isn't, doesn't have a Linux version. So you can't use some file types on Linux yeah. because there's just no way you can decode them uh, legally, at least I would think. Right. Um, so the stuff like that. You might have to convert your models to uh, whatever the oh, I've forgotten the, the you know the, the normal model term, the like generic one. It's like .dot .odt or something like that. But that's mm-hmm. An open office document, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good.
3: Yeah. yeah. So, so from what you've seen so far, what is it about Unity that makes it more developer friendly in that regards for porting stuff over?
0: Oh well, I mean like every, a lot of everything is handled for you. Like the file system stuff I was talking about, like Unity kind of just handles that because it's it's aware of how the file system works and everything. Um graphics like right like Unity's graphics pipelines are valid on all the APIs that they support effectively. There's there's some caveats, but like in general, um your game can run on OpenGL, Vulkan and DirectX uh and Metal, you know. Um, and most of what you've done should work. Like the shaders don't need to be translated. There is the same shading language on both platforms. Um, the C sharp code just uses mono and the mono runtime is the same. So you shouldn't get too many differences. Definitely not the same amount that you get between Microsoft C++ compiler and GCC, which is like two different worlds in some cases. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a ton there that makes it way easier for people to port
2: nice now are there any distros that are recommended by unity
0: Ooh, yeah so i think so officially if you look on the um so if you look on like the unity website somewhere i think it says that ubuntu is the like one they targeted um because originally it was like targeting ubuntu 1204 i think and now it's yeah 1404 1604 um So it's basically what Feral had, which was we were just like, yeah, we're targeting Ubuntu because you kind of have to, but it should work everywhere else. And it's the same with Ubuntu. In fact, uh, same with Unity. In fact, Unity is kind of so self-contained that it really should work everywhere Um, because it doesn't rely on, like, the Steam runtime, which some games have to. Um, Mm -hmm. Unity ships virtually all of the dependencies with the game. So games should just work everywhere as long as you've got a good graphics driver.
1: Wow. So it's, um, not, it's not related to the, the way that the, the Steam started with Ubuntu by default with, like, the 12.04 version. So th- that, that really doesn't have any effect to Unity. It's kind of, like, no, it's, thought... it's kind of going along with the flow, sort of.
0: No, I mean, that's definitely what it looks like. It's hard, though, on Linux um, to support, to, like, ensure support for a lot of platforms. I think yeah. a lot of people get annoyed when it's, like, this game only supports Ubuntu. And it's, like, well, what's being said there is actually... The developers only like the developers support department only has the expertise to help you out on Ubuntu because a lot of other stuff yeah. they just can't know. They'll just yeah. be Googling Stack Overflow like you will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like it could so, it could work. It just they just don't have the support technically because there's there's been times people would go to the like the Steam forum or something and just like rage about not supporting their particular distro having never tried it to see if it even worked
0: yeah or like they have tried it and they've got the error but they haven't really thought about looking up why that happened um yeah. and sometimes the errors are just the steam runtime like if you look um i mean you, you i think you've had Ikey doherty on here right yes a um, couple times yeah yeah so ike's done a load of work with his um lsi linux steam integration i think is what it's called um which is like a tool set that ensures that it, it fixes up all the nuances of the steam runtime and the particular game so that it works on your distro. Um, and that's all because the steam runtime is just a massive hack and it just happens to work. <laughs> so sometimes it needs to be fixed up. And that, you know, that's what, that's what happens.
2: <laughs> well, Ike's done a lot of work to help that out. Um, Unity 2018.2 just came out on the 10th, I believe. Um, that's a new version one question I do have before we get into the features of it: um, How often do you see a Unity release?
0: So there's four a year, basically is what. The, so there's a new uh, new release model called the LTS model. I mean, I'm saying called, you you know what the LTS model yeah, is because you know Ubuntu and all the other distros. But I think a lot of people didn't understand what that meant. Um, but for for Unity, it's just it's the same same as Ubuntu except there's four releases instead of two. Um so they do there'll be twenty eighteen one, twenty eighteen two, twenty eighteen three, and then twenty eighteen three will transition into twenty eighteen four at the end of the year to become the LTS version for the next two years. So at the moment you've got okay. twenty eight twenty seventeen four, which is a current LTS, and that's supported for two years. Um so is there is there an LTS every year? That's what it looks like, yeah. Um I think uh, yeah. Um the the interesting thing is that there's a crossover for one year where you've got a year to transition between one LTS to the next, um, which wasn't, that wasn't really that period before, when, before they did the LTS structure. You just kind of had to upgrade for mm-hmm. every single version and try and hope that it everything worked. Yeah. Um, but this path should be a lot better for that. It should mean that more game developers can, well, use Unity and know that for three years, they'll kind of be safe in moving up a version and they'll get the support they need.
1: Nice. I think it's I think it's good that the they're having an LTS every year that because b- developers, game developers should more than likely update as soon as possible. But to yeah. also have that, that, that like safety net sort of thing is nice.
0: Yeah. But you know, they won't, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: nobody, <laughs> they totally, it. They, I, I don't expect them to, but I, they, I would want them to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, but, it, but it's hard because like, especially if you've released a game and it's out there and it's making you money and then to update the entire engine and risk breaking it. And, you know, risk stopping your income for a bit is scary so i think yeah i think the lts is meant to help with that because it's like a it should be a guaranteed update path right you you can go from one lts to the next safely yeah Um, yeah.
2: well with this 2018.2 release uh, a lot of it is way over my head so is there a feature (laughs) uh, or a favorite feature of yours in this release that is like you know this is an awesome new feature
0: yeah, I, I, well, so the one that I know about that I don't remember if it's like completely new in twenty eighteen too, but it's had a lot of improvements, is the um, the ECS, the Entity Component System, which just to anyone who's not a programmer is kind of sheer magic, and it's kind of hard to explain what it does. Um, so you can
2: explain it for us, <laughs> even some programmers. <laughs> so, so,
0: if you want me to try, <laughs> I can. Um. Basically, I think a lot of the time before, people were writing unoptimized codes without realizing that it was unoptimized. Um and as try as hard as Unity did, Unity couldn't like post optimize your your code, basically. Um the the ECS is like a more confined way of writing uh processes that mean that they're like automatically multi threadable, um jobifiable. Jobifiable is that a word? Whatever, works. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> you know that sort of thing, um, and and all the data in these jobs effectively is organised in a way that it is very efficient for the CPU to read from it. Um, so it's like it's contiguous in order um, in memory because when you're writing a game, it, it's really slow if you're like if your update loop is constantly jumping around eight gigs of RAM all the time. Whereas if you, if you, all the stuff in needs to access is just, just contiguous in memory, then it's a lot faster. So the ECS helps with making that happen by default. So any old programmer who doesn't really understand uh, how to optimize their code fully can write code that is automatically optimized. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so it should make it a lot easier for people to write um, fast code. And that's exciting for me because it's hard for me to explain to someone how to write fast code anyway. Uh, So it's a big organizer is what it is yeah sort of um <laughs> it's confusing to write for, um because it's a new paradigm, like if you're used to writing code a different way then it, it, it can be confusing, but um, I think for newcomers actually it's everything's new anyway, so it's just another way of doing it mm-hmm. um, I like cool. i like the description magic It works yeah magic yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's sort of magic <laughs> well programming's magic anyway <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: So, so one of the features um, discussed with the release notes is Vulkan mm. and Linux improvements. So, what were some of those improvements made for Linux?
0: So, uh, I wish I knew, like off the top of my head, a full list. Mm-hmm. I know there's a change log um, online if you just search for like what's new in 2018 two and like mm-hmm. control F for Vulkan. Um, you'll see stuff like there's a new there's new format support. I think there's they added support for. Uh, using joint shaders and pipelines or something like that. That doesn't, That's not mm-hmm. a thing, but something like that. Um, right. So Vulkan support should be getting faster and better within Unity, basically, and that's kind of what mm-hmm. happened. In the other one is that you can now use Vulkan in the editor. All right. Um, so Unity's got this thing where you have the editor, and you can play the game in the editor while you're making it, which is really great. And you can edit code while it's running, which is fun. Um, but That's that was only OpenGL on Linux before. Um, and you're actually,
3: actually losing a battle, you can then recode it to say, no, I'm going to win this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might not work because of many reasons, but you can try. <laughs> um, like, changing the code underneath a program as much as you try and make it work can just go wrong. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so it's got Vulkan support in the editor, which is really cool because that means that if there's any, like, if your graphics are wrong in Vulkan, um, for whatever reason, you can now see it in the editor straight away. Um, without having to build your game and then running it. It makes it easy to debug as well, because all the editor tools are there. So that's, that's experimental, but it, but it, that's cool. And that's on Linux. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So staying on the Vulkan subject, um, what's your view on Vulkan and its viability for cross-platforming games? Is it going to be that important? <laughs> is uh, it that important already? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's important already. Um, I think... It's a tough one because if, if we said like, oh, there's this new API and it's usable in all the same situations as the old one um, and it's just better uh, and it works great on Windows and Linux, then you'd have this situation where like, yes, no matter what, 100%, it's just better and it's going to help everything. Um, but Falcon is a slightly lower level API. It's a bit hard to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like an immediate and... Like an immediate win because a lot of like indie developers wouldn't be able to use it. Um, But these days, I think it's a massive win because you can, like, with Unity. Let's say you can do the Unity game in Vulkan on Windows and Linux, um, and then your your cross-platform graphics engine. Oh, you know the 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 rendering itself is effectively the same on both platforms, Um, and that that saves a a metric ton of time. Like, Mm. genuine huge hours and hours of time. Um, Mm. so that's massive. And if you're a developer who's good enough to program graphics engines, um, then using Vulkan is like a kind of an automatic, like if someone came to me and was like, I'm writing my own engine in OpenGL right now, I'd, I'd pause for five seconds to wonder why they're using OpenGL in 2018. (laughs) 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 Like, it's just not, it's clearly not the right choice uh, anymore. Mm. And also the developers want to have that
1: low level access to the hardware anyways like as low as possible so vulcan kind of provides that
0: yeah and it's a, it's a massive boon to companies like feral or um engine writers um <laughs> because they have they have so much more control over what they're giving the graphics card um mm-hmm.
1: do you think it'll ultimately make it l- porting to linux easier
0: i think i mean i'd say it already has like i can I can assume that porting, like, Doom to Linux would be an incredibly easy process. Um, knowing it right, they probably write, write very good, nice, solid code, so the, like, coding complications are probably not there, and it already runs Vulkan. So, well, we've seen it running Vulkan on Linux, right, because it can run through Wine. So, yeah. clearly, the game already works graphically. So, yes, it should. I mean, obviously, Doom hasn't come to Linux, <laughs> right, but but... That game is a great example of why it would be easier for a Vulcan game to come to Linux if
3: mm-hmm.
0: did it, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: yeah. So so staying on the the Vulcan line again, um, are there any additional hurdles or are there any hurdles that you think it needs to overcome?
0: Yeah, I mean it's actually more feature complete than a lot of people think. Um mm-hmm. like there's, there's some things that if you're going from DirectX 12 to Vulkan, there's some things that can get confusing. There's like, um, I think in, I think it's in DirectX 12, you can do this like weird reference counting thing where your, I'm just going to get into programming terms here, but your like semaphore on the GPU has a number and it can be increased on the GPU. Um, you can't do that with Vulkan at the moment. So it will be very hard to like, transport a bit of code from one to the other um right now but i I would assume those features are coming um the the Mm -hmm. parameters are insanely receptive to any sort of feedback um
2: but that's a i take it an isolated thing
0: yeah yeah it's and and also like if you if you're writing the engine yourself you can probably just do something slightly differently like i've not i've not seen anyone abuse that feature so much that it's like sped up their game two times on direct x12 um Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I've not seen many DirectX 12 games. Have you guys <laughs> heard of any DirectX 12 games?
1: No, like, not really. No. Just, I've yeah. seen a lot of games that, are, that are, where DirectX 11 that are switching to Vulkan by default anyway.
0: Yeah, well, there's definitely benefits there. Um, I think if you just search on Wikipedia, I'm not going to do it now, but if you search on Wikipedia for DirectX 12 games and then for Vulkan games, the Vulkan games page is bigger than the DirectX 12 game. Um,
1: and, 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 a, and a, a significant chunk of the DirectX X-12 games are the ones that have exclusive contracts with Microsoft.
0: Yes, or like, a yeah, I and mean, there are games that would never come to any other platform anyway. Um, yeah, Like, was it like Ori and the Blind Forest is a game that um, was like made by Microsoft Studio. They were asked, like, if they would bring it to Linux, the answer was, well, Microsoft would have to let us. Yeah. Right. Um, would Microsoft exactly. do that? Probably not, so...
2: But they heart Linux. Microsoft hearts Linux. They hearts heart Linux. Linux,
0: right? Well, they do, but they also... <laughs> Kind of want to push their gaming platform, <laughs> um, and you know they hard it with off. an asterisk
1: right next to the
2: <laughs> Come on, yeah. they just gave us PowerShell. Come on,
0: <laughs> right? We we totally needed that. I'm why so would? I, when I saw that news, I just couldn't. I just like, why would I want that? <laughs> right? I was I was actually talking about that
1: for pre- yesterday, and it was, and someone in, in the chat was saying that that as a sysadmin, they like it being available because they can now use Linux to administer Windows systems. I was like, okay, that's, I can, there's, okay, finally we have one reason why that's a good idea. (laughs)
0: Well, it's like, it's like, you know, the WSL, the Windows subsystem for Linux, like that gives you bash effectively and anything else you want on Windows. And that's incredibly cool because it, to me, it just makes Windows a better experience in general because I can now do all the things I did on Linux. Um, like make GIFs incredibly easy with Image Magic, right? Like, <laughs> which is clearly right? why
1: that's, that's <laughs> why you do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. But but it's that's I, I can now do that on Windows incredibly simply. I just you know type in Bash and I'm done. Um, so that's that to me is amazing. But yeah, I don't know why the other way around. I don't. I mean, yeah, maybe managing Windows systems, but still.
1: I mean, that's I think it's I think it's beneficial. It it kind of does show that they have they have somewhat changed that they're open sourcing things like PowerShell and they're putting it into the snaps and stuff like that. So it's it's good and I hope they continue. And I still will not care about what they're doing until they actually like prove something that's beneficial. Like for example, you know, if they put MS Office or something like that, it proves that that does not benefit them in any way whatsoever to do it. And then that then they do it anyway like that that'd be good because this way kind of potentially has improvements to people to use windows servers for some reason
0: yeah it it probably there were probably people telling microsoft that they were going to stop using windows for x number of servers because they needed to manage it from linux and it just wasn't working and that's what spurred this to happen right so like yeah it's it's tough to see it's tough to see whether it was just all fun and yeah, let's help out Linux or really it was just a massive business decision which it usually yeah. is.
1: I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I hope they do continue to improve. But mm. uh, let, let's go back to, sort of still on Windows aspect, but let's go Unity. Um Unity. Are there any features that are in the Windows version of Unity that aren't in the Linux version yet?
0: So I can't, I can't give you a firm answer on this. Um, but as far as I know, nothing significant um it's
1: that's good there's a there's a lot of applications that do that so
0: yeah i mean i'm sure like if like we, i could get in touch with someone who actually definitely knows what what like one small tiny thing just doesn't work for whatever reason um i think like one example would be like what i was talking about before i think uh stuff like support for third party applications that don't have linux or like uh i th- think 3ds max is that one so like there's no 3ds max importer for linux
1: and daz is yeah. something like that too
0: yeah yeah um but in the engine itself i don't know of anything um so yeah i think it's pretty pretty far. maybe the like new rendering pipelines um might have slightly worse experimental support than linux currently on linux but i don't think there's anything major it's pretty good
2: all right, well, Unity supports uh, all kinds of things, 2D, 3D, AR, and VR. Now, VR was this big thing in the news. All you've seen was news articles about VR everywhere. And they. I don't think that VR has lived up to the hopes that everybody had for it. So... You have <laughs> Not yet, anyway. So do you have any thoughts on what needs to happen for things like uh, Oculus and Vive to find their place in everyday households?
0: Have you guys seen uh, Magic Leap stuff? The, like, leaks and things of those goggles?
1: No. Mm-hmm. No. I've seen, I've seen the there's i forgot what it's called but maybe maybe it's something like that where it's it's just detecting like the there's the one that's detecting your like the, the retina to your eye is that the one you're talking about
0: it, i think it does it definitely does some look stuff so it can tell where you're looking yeah i think i don't know but the, i think the problem is a lot there's no like official stuff but either way magically seems to be um like a, a new kind of oculus startup effectively where like someone decided to make a VR thing. I don't know if they're backed by anyone big, um, but they're making effectively something that's a bit more the size of like swimming goggles, more like maybe not swimming goggles, but like flying goggles, you know, old school yeah. work, oh, right. <laughs> right. Plane stuff. um, and they're, they're AR as well, cause there's a big lens there. So you can see through them as well as doing, doing straight up normal VR. They just black out the lens and then show you what you want to see. Right. Um, so to me, stuff like that, which is only going to be a few years off, um, is going to massively help with VR uptake. Um, Because at the moment, like I've got my, I have a Vive. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like I've got it here underneath my desk, Um, but like setting it up while it's way easier than setting up anything in VR was five years ago, um, is still a lot of effort. Um, And like having a PC that can run it um, is tough um even getting your pc configured right so it does run it also like you need to, you need to use the vive with enough space but most of the time that space isn't next to your computer right yeah um mm-hmm. so that's a you, barrier and you're well. to it for sure yeah so like i run well, i used to and i have a laptop that can run it but i used to from here run an extended usb and hdmi i had to use powered usb and powered hdmi cables because like 15 meters that way or maybe 10 meters that way into my other room where there's space. Right. And no, no normal consumers have to put up with that. So I think getting all those barriers down, maybe getting the price down a bit uh, in, f- in three or four years, all the computers will be able to run this stuff because um, like even the baseline Nvidia video cards these days can do VR or not, not like a 10, 40 i think a 1040s but 1050 can so an 1140 you should be able to do vr and then you're in a space where you know everyone can effectively do vr with a, yes. any computer they buy
1: the only experience i have with the vr is the google cardboard thing
0: was that you've not <laughs> actually put on a Vive?
1: no I, I, th- those are that's it's cool um
0: <laughs> but you've not but... put one on
1: yeah, I've 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 put it on and I've used it and it's still it, it's 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 so it's basically worthless other than videos so on the phone so like there's a there there's a few game things but it's not
0: it's not um so what's your I, opinion on the Vive? I really I think it's great um for for everything it's trying to do it does it all very well um it it needs a better screen resolution. Because some games you just can't read text because it's too blurry. <laughs> um, it needs to be smaller because this wasn't an issue. I mean, Zeb would note like it, this isn't an issue, wasn't an issue until a couple of months ago. But now it is too hot in the UK to use my Vive. Like it's just unpleasant. Like I'll put it on mm-hmm. and twenty minutes later I'll have been sweating so much that I have to like wipe it down. Basically, like it's not, it's not a nice experience, right. <laughs> <laughs> mate. Um, so it, ha- it has problems, but other I know it's great. I love it um i think uh, beat saber isn't on Linux, so i did dual boot to play it um but beat saber is just one of the best gaming experiences i've had in years hmm. um, so do
1: you think that vr is like the hype around it for a has been around for a long time but do you think that the, the hype while not you know not fair for, to it currently do you think the hype in the future would be like valid
0: yeah i think so i think um if you if you think of it another way, like I think I think VR at this stage has proven that it is or will be capable um of having the like seamless experience that we kinda wanted from it, mm-hmm. um with the next generation hardware that we get in a few years. And it's proven that some games are just incredible in VR. Um like Elite Dangerous again on Linux, but you know <laughs> <laughs> Elite Dangerous is fantastic in VR. Um Even like Dota, watching a live professional Dota game while just sitting cross-legged on the floor, and like all these little heroes, like little twenty centimeter high heroes, running around and fighting next to you, right around you, with the commentators and everything—that is an incredible experience. Like that That is—that sounds awesome. That does sound pretty Um, awesome. Like imagine like if you did that for sports, right? If you could, if you were a football, a soccer fan for the Americans. Who's a soccer oh, well, fan? Sure. I
1: mean <laughs> Soccer was invented. The term soccer is invented by English.
0: I so. know oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Um <laughs> no, even, even if you're an American football fan, right? Like if you could get in a VR headset on in your living room and it would feel like you're there, but also you could be even closer, because when you go to a game, you're still like twenty meters away. Yeah. Um, but to be able to feel like you're on the pitch, like think about like the World Cup penalty shootout, to be able to like stand next to the person taking the shot like that experience would be amazing yeah yeah that's
1: pretty cool so
0: like and this stuff is clearly possible in the next five years so
1: nice i, think, yeah. I know the 3d stuff is kind of like i i saw a football game in 3d and it was really cool also disconcerting a little bit because it was <laughs> it's like it, it was it was kind of like novelty only benefit but it was still kind of cool whereas vr the possibilities of vr are like extreme so uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: while i did think that the google cardboard experience was not like you know very good it still showed you like even with like the rudimentary stuff that it was like it has a ton of potential
0: yeah i think well the google cardboard is a bit like i don't know if they're called like lenticular somethings um there's like one of those you know there's pieces like plastic that when you turn them they go 3d Mm-hmm. Yeah. the google cardboard isn't much from that right <laughs> yeah pretty much it's it's that plus it's that on your head in
1: the right? phone yeah um, yeah and the phone's doing the stuff
0: yeah but the vive like with the controllers like beat saber especially because you're basically just holding lightsabers and Cutting things to music, which is (laughs) pretty fun. (laughs) Um, That's
1: okay. So you're based. I didn't. I've never heard of Beat Saber. So you're saying it's like it's like rock band meets lightsabers.
0: Yes, literally that.
1: That's awesome.
0: in vr uh, yeah well the, like i, I keep yeah. telling it to people who haven't tried it yet and i keep trying to get people to come over and try it because like there's things where like for, like you'll do this like weird movement like now nah, i'm dancing so you make a gif out of that but um like <laughs> you'll do these like figure of eight movements right that just feels so good um when you get them right um and yeah and it's an amazing exercise as well in this heat it's horrific but
2: like <laughs> i i would come over but you guys don't have air conditioning sorry
1: yeah exactly that's the only that's the only limit right there
2: right all right mark do you have any projects personal projects that you're working on uh
0: not massively right now i'm always a bit of a um i'll start designing a game and then programming it and then give up after about two hours (laughs) 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 i um i was i remember like two years ago maybe two maybe five years ago i was making a like a game engine with a friend of mine um and we got to the point where you could play like Pong with a banana. Um but then I was like, oh well I'm done. Like you can clearly make a game, so it's done. And I just left it. Never touch that code again. <laughs> I think I'm terrible with that sort of stuff. Um if you know you know game mode. Yep. The L tool, like that that was yeah. actually the only one of the only side projects I've ever done um where I thought like, oh, I should actually finish this. <laughs> so, and then and, and that was like oh, oh you know at work i asked the question like can i finish this using work time then, yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: so we're not going to see a uh a, a new game coming out from martillus
0: not not anytime soon but i have some what i think are very cool ideas that <laughs> so probably as soon as you put them in a game are terrible um
3: banana pong yeah i look forward to it <laughs>
0: yeah banana pong was amazing the banana spun as well which is, yeah. you know <laughs> to be uh, fair there's, there's there there are quite are a lot game. of programming <laughs>
1: There's a lot of games that have that that sound ridiculous and don't, and that turned out to be awesome. So you, you know, even if you do put it in the game, it could be like you know, a, a soccer with a car. It that that does sound ridiculous.
0: Well, like oh, do I have it on me? So like, there's this um, like for me, I'm a, I'm more of a low level programmer. I always have been. So like, actually getting to the point where I'm making like a full size game, um, it is a bit daunting um i did like computer animation so i can actually 3d model and i can draw like a life draw and stuff like that um but even actually getting to the point of making game was, was a massive big step up but I, I do have this little thing i don't know if you can see this like little arduino basically right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. um and like i had a load of fun with this just like his pong on an arduino screen Ryan um, would love that. <laughs> these are so cool. I'm like I mean I bricked it like five times because you can you can overwrite the ROM memory from the RAM because for some reason the ROM is after the RAM. Um but like it's great fun. Um and that's the type of that I play around with in my own spare time. I don't I think even even being at Unity doesn't make me want to like actually make a game with Unity that much more. <laughs> I think I'd rather like like this. I, this is the the nerdiest you're gonna hear on this. Speaking of French, but um like this this thing doesn't really support any sort of um like data that you can load and stuff like that. It's right. pretty limited. Um but I made a like a full wrapper where you could write multiple games within the same game. So like this has I just showed you Pong.
1: Turn into snake.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Well I've got asteroids. Uh uh. Um, nice. Whatever. Point, <laughs> point is that that's the sort of low-level stuff and this is like um almost assembly language programming there we go there's some um, asteroids nice, asteroids, nice. nice.
1: So, so just moving on a little bit what do you do you have any recommendations for people who are wanting to get into game development and why is that unity
0: <laughs> i think i think it depends though right like if you want to get into game development and you've never been a big programmer then um, Unity is a, is a, an amazing tool for that. Um, it it all it kind of always has been, but the, these days, um especially with like PCs we were talking about, this stuff like massively helps people who don't quite know how a computer works to like really make a game and make it work. Um, but if you wanted to get into, I think like making games and programming specifically, I think you kind of have to start from first principles. Um, I started by learning. Python at the same time as learning basic computer science. And there's loads of courses online that you can do for free now that teach you both of those. But um to learn scripting at the same time as learning like NAND gates and how an actual CPU works. And that shouldn't that shouldn't take more than like a you know, like an hour of your time for a month. Or an hour of your time, a day for a month or something like that. And you can spread that over a year. Um to get to a point where now you kind of understand why programming works and now you can just have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my recommendation. Though no, I, I, I learned to program at university, so I kind of cheated. It's kind of hard for me to give advice to people who want to teach themselves.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so on, on, a, on a similar vein, you've just gone out to PC World and you've bought yourself your brand-new computer. You've installed Unity um, and obviously your favorite Linux desktop. Mm-hmm. What are the must-have programs and tools that you need to then function?
0: Oh, so I have, like, I have my .files repo thing that I pass around whenever I install an OS. Um, and actually on Windows, have you guys heard of Ninite on Windows? Yeah. An amazing tool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I just have, I've got my, I've got a Ninite installer that I don't even, like, I don't go to the website anymore. I just have that installer and I double click it and I've got everything I want. Um, but on Linux, like, I just get, like, Tmux, Vim, I use Fish Shell, um, or oh, oh my fish! I can't remember which one it's called. Um, like WeChat, Image Magic. I already said you got to make gifs. It's important yep, stuff. Got to make gifs. Um, <laughs> I agree. But these these are all like command line tools. That's really only like, the most thing most stuff I install. Like um, I'm just gonna shout out to like FZF is like a really cool fuzzy finder that's amazing on the command line. Shell check to like make sure your bash scripts make sense and don't rm-rf root, <laughs> which you definitely don't want to happen. Um, Yeah, I just install a load of that stuff. Uh, Programs-wise, I don't. um, I used to use like big IDEs for development, and now I just use Vim. Um, VLC is a great video player, but then I now use mplayer from the command line, mostly. Um, (laughs) I just apt install pacman-syu, or just SY, a load of them. Capital SYU. Capital S, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well capital S is the <laughs> install SYU is the upgrade. Yeah, that's it. Um but yeah, so I just I there's a ton of little tools that I install, basically. And then I, as I say, like I I like my my out of the box experience. I just I have GNOME without any extensions and then I just um I theme the terminal a little bit and then I'm done. <laughs> and I'm happy.
3: <laughs> so. Um you've obviously worked with some Amazing developers in the gaming world, um, and this is always a, a difficult question to people for, to answer because they think, "Oh God, I better not miss out Phil or John or Chris or Pete. <laughs> who who are the sort of like un, unsung heroes that you think deserve a bigger shout out in, in in Linux and gaming programming?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to I have to say it's a, it's a bit like biased, but every one of the Linux developers at Feral. Even the ones mm-hmm. who like, I and mean, I know who they are, like, moved more onto the Mac side for whatever reason. Right. <laughs> um, they're like, Thrill's not a company that like publishes all the people, um, like front and center. Um, and there's good sides to that, but th- those guys are kind of my unsung heroes. Um, mm-hmm. like I've met a few people from like the Linux gaming community who, kind of assumed because, either like I was the only person who. Got mentioned publicly, or like um, Alex Smith is the other name that gets mentioned because he commits to Mazer a lot. Um, kind of assumed that it was just me or just him or just both of us. Uh, but actually, no, there's a big team and they're, they're great people. I'd, I'd shout mm-hmm. out to them.
1: <laughs> so, there is some work that has taken place getting wine in a snap, as well as some other games like Trackmania Nations and Xenotic. And as all, I was playing those, all those in a snap. Do you think this is a viable form of game porting to linux
0: no it's such a tough one (laughs) i'd have to defer like i do i'd almost defer that question to like like ethan lee uh flit bitty i can't remember how to say his name (laughs) um but the guy who does fna so he like loads of xbla games that are now on linux so his fault his um it's <laughs> his his, <laughs> his, 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 his frankly amazing work um but he 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 went through a lot of hell trying to get things like a snap especially like working in steam mm-hmm. um and i also have tried using like getting graphics driver stuff accessible within uh flat packs properly mm-hmm. um and that can be a nightmare. And like IQ from Solace has done a really good job of putting like steam in a snap, mm. uh, in a flatback. Mm. Um, but even then that, that causes issues. When um, like you see the logs like...
1: On app images though, because I've seen the app images, they have a much more de- yeah. Connected into the core. So it's more yeah. possible for them to maybe be an, a solution.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I, I can't admit I've spent much time using them. Um, but no, I, I've heard the same thing. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if like the steam runtime eventually sort of becomes one of these Mm -hmm. um, once they're more stable um, because at a certain point they'll need to like you'll need to like app image, snap or flat pack the steam runtime Because it's going to become incompatible with future operating systems eventually So I wouldn't be surprised if it's used more but honestly, it's hard to say because they all have their own kind of problems I know that like some games just outright crash if you put them in a flat pack, and those the reasons that those like that's happening aren't the simplest reasons to solve. So yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I can't give you a great answer on that, one, unfortunately. All
2: right, so you're a gamer. Mm-hmm. Give us your five top Linux games, and why are they all Rocket
3: League?
0: But they are all. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. No, no. I, I can give. I can give you some legit ones. <laughs> um. So we Rocket League definitely. Uh, first, I mean, Michael and Rocco know how much I play Rocket yep. League. <laughs> but no other ones. Uh, K- Kerbal Space Program. That's Linux, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah that, That's an amazing game. Uh, I'm pretty sure maybe Unity as well. Uh, so that's a bit of a plug. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I think, um, a little plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm gonna plug Feral, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um for me that was that was great actually, the kind of because I was I always liked like Tomb Raider games ish. Uh, off and on, um, depending on which because some of them were a bit terrible.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <So> the the <laughs> franchise had a little bit of a dip right before yeah. the recent ones. Um,
0: Rise of the Tomb Raider was awesome though. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. For for Rise, and then being able to port that actually was just amazing because it's actually like to be able to port a game that I like really, like I played on Xbox One, sorry, um, whatever, you know, <laughs> I can't, I've got one. gamer. <laughs> yeah, um, but consoles yeah, I, get an exception, it's okay. Yeah, well also like I played it before I like even, did I know? I don't know if I knew we were porting it or not, but I, I'm pretty sure when I played it, I didn't even know if it was coming to Linux or not. Um, so, yeah. Um that one, uh Lethal League. I just found out was on Linux as well. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. Um, but that's a great little like you can play four V four, but it's mostly like a two V two like squash game. <laughs> it's un- hard to describe, like everyone just hits a, a ball around and then if the ball gets faster and faster and you have to hit the ball to the music, it's crazy. Great game. Is it pixelated? <laughs> Would Ryan like it? It's pixel art, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where am I looking?
2: Yeah. Yeah. All, All right. So yeah. <laughs> let's, let's forget that kind of pixelated games. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, let's get back to Rocket League. Yep. What is your current rank in Rocket League?
0: So I just, well, I didn't just get it. I've, I've had it off and on for a while. I'm champion in 2v2. Um, nice. So, yeah. And I finally, like a week ago, got the champion reward. So, I finally actually won 10 games as champion. which like, <laughs> so, very, like,
2: so, if you and Michael were to were go to head to head, so would you stop him? 1v1. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I, I hear Michael's like, well, we have played together. I think Michael's Diamond 3 or something. Well, he has been champ, so. I haven't I been champ, those.
1: technically, because Psyonix hates me but um I, I have been champ three i mean div D- diamond three div four about 12 times so
0: yeah that was what it was like for me for a couple of months it was very depressing yeah
1: it's, it's <laughs> like it's like you get so close and then just you just tilt fast and you just crash
0: yeah no I, I think it'd be pretty close i'm only barely champion i'm really not that good
1: well i mean i, I actually the thing is a lot of people uh like, because the different playlists, you play that game. And you you depending on your skill level, and one playlist could be completely different in another playlist. Hmm. So like, um, so when people ask me if they if if they would beat me in like one v one, it's like it's different if you play three v three and one v one. They're super different. Uh, so yep. I'm diamond two in one v one.
0: Just oh that no diamond two is good in one v one.
1: Yeah, I just, think I'm just, diamond
0: one. So yeah.
1: So it's it it might be closer, even though he's a champ. Might be
0: close. Mm.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll have to play that out sometime and see what
2: happens. <laughs> see. Also, also, the real <laughs> issue is the server lag.
3: Yeah, I feel a live stream coming on here.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the server issue would be a problem. Yeah,
3: the night the do one
0: on each server. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: um, best of three well, on U- UK and in US East. Yeah,
2: speaking of
0: have to deal with like 120 pings.
1: So. Speaking of <laughs> Linux
2: games, do you have Ballistic Overkill?
0: Yeah, I do. I played it as well. Yes. um You've, i've seen you've been playing a lot but i haven't actually been like online around the same time we have so to i will we have to play it i will join they
3: have, yeah they play at numpty o'clock in the morning mm. we just can't
1: do that no, <laughs> time zones
0: it's are like ridiculous like live right it's like four like six in the morning or something for us like it's just yeah like, it's, it's i think it's like earlier. it's like three yeah, it's, yeah exactly it's just the worst time like it was six i could get up early but
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. three is three yeah. thirty there's no point in going to bed yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: So um let's get back to the game development. So um yeah. when working on uh, when, with game developers, what kind of misconceptions do you do you hear or see when they're mentioning publishing for Linux?
0: Oh, so that's it's tough. So like I think there's a lot of misconceptions about Linux that carry over. You know, like um a lot of people have had like a bad experience and they haven't had the help they needed or like um or they didn't have the time to put in the effort to like learn how to fix whatever the experience was. Or like Orion,
2: they
1: were told to RTFM.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically (laughs) that, right. Like that is a problem.
1: (laughs) Has has there ever been a time where someone said they, they used it and they had a bad experience and it turns out they were given advice to use something they were just not ready for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had, I've heard things like that. Um, I think like there's a lot of, a lot of people give different advice because they give advice based on what the best experience they've had. Right. Which is why I'm I'm not giving direct advice right now because I feel like the best advice I have is just the best experience I've had, and I'm a technical developer person. So like, if I get a black screen, I I you know I I go control out F1, I look at the logs, I debug it, but then nobody else is going to do that, right? Right, I'm um, not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like even Rocco is not going to do it, and he's he hosts a Linux podcast. So. <laughs> um, but um. That's no, I think, I think a lot of it is that, like, that the experience, it would be very hard to, like, debug it and get it working and stuff. And I think, actually, um, I'm going to plug Unity again. Unity helps with this because a lot of the same tools cross platform, like um, the two, like, big C-sharp debuggers that people use these days, as far as I know, like a, a JetBrains Rider and Visual Studio Code, and both of those are now Linux-compatible. Mm-hmm. Well I think Jemaine's writer always has been, but it Visual has. Studio Code came to the next, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, like, for someone working on Windows and debugging Unity with those tools, it's the same tools. So, like, the only difference is that they're on GNOME instead of Windows, whatever you call Windows, desktop manager, Explorer.exe. Yeah. <laughs> whatever they call fair. that. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, I think those are the sorts of misconceptions. Um, it's just how People think it's hard to develop on Linux. And they've heard horror stories um, because some devs have like posted Twitter rants about because they had an NVIDIA laptop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. and my advice would be yeah. don't use an NVIDIA laptop. To, to or it
1: was 10 years ago and they used AMD or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: yeah. And, it's, and the people who have an amazing experiences usually don't jump to Twitter to start ranting about how it's amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, we we don't. I mean, and even if I did rant, like you know, tell everyone a great story about how Linux was amazing, like people are going to look at me and like, really, you're just incredibly biased. Like, why?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> your sure. opinion is not valid in that context. So,
3: mm. yeah. so Unity is doing some great work in bringing Linux uh, into more mainstream side of things, and and I know that they're a successful company, but how can the average person help or get involved?
0: so do you did you know about i wrote an article for gaming on linux like a couple of weeks a month ago or so kind of about mm. this was that
3: question <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that a, like a poke to like tell me about this thing tell us yeah, about that it, thing be, yeah,
3: yeah,
0: <laughs> um so yeah so i actually i did an article i wrote an article for gaming on linux uh what was it called oh i have it um how I called it how to be a great advocate for a niche gaming platform, which is a stupid name for a title, but all titles are dumb anyway. So, um, <laughs> for the but most I part. think, <laughs> yeah, I think if, if you're not like technically minded and you, you're not going to get involved in actually porting games, uh, some of the best things you can do are, uh, on that article. And they're things like, um, just making sure that when you buy stuff, the money's going in the right place. Um, like if you're on Linux right now and you're using gray market, like key resellers to buy your games, mm. Then you are not helping anyone. Like you, you, even if you're on Windows doing that, you shouldn't be doing it anyway. But really on Linux, like that hurts a lot. Um, yeah, uh, all those keys
1: are purchased as Windows users.
0: Yeah, and it even uh, but like yeah, it, it's just not helpful. <laughs> Windows yeah. users, but even the developers don't get like the money most yeah. of the time. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one. Um, I think I don't actually say it like this in the article, but there's there's always the rule of like don't be a. D- <laughs> Um, I think that would help if everyone just wasn't um, on online communities because a lot of people get turned off based on some, I'm not going to name communities, but there are some communities out there that are very hostile towards any criticism of Linux.
1: There are some communities that are hostile just for fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, awesome.
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. less of that
0: would be great, I
2: think. <laughs> less of that would be awesome. Let me tell you. I mean, we've come a long way. I mean, the Linux community, you know, on a whole, has come a long way as far as X is concerned. Because when I got into Linux, it was that way a lot of places, and mm-hmm. um, it's opened up and become more friendly. But yeah, there's still still definitely things we can do.
0: Yeah, I think the stuff, and the real problem is, like, I know of two cases, like, not going to name names here, but I know of two cases where a game could have come to Linux and it didn't because of the developer's bad experience with the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because Linux isn't, I mean, it's it's it has to be said that Linux making a game for Linux is not, like, a massive commercial benefit right mm-hmm. um, the incentive should
1: not. is not is not value wise so they wanted what's the incentive if the experience with the community was a one of the incentives that would be much better
0: yeah and, and it should be and in some cases it's like ballistic overkill i haven't talked to those developers but i get the impression that ballistic overkill has such a good following on linux that it's pushing sales on other platforms
1: mm-hmm. um, i mean i actually talked to a guy who had played for I played ballistic overkill for so much that he's like on the top 10 list or whatever. And he said that the, there's like a recent resurgence for it because he's been playing it for quite a while. And turns out ballistic overkill was first released on Facebook games. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Like they, it was named something else, but the guys who developed it said it was, it started as a Facebook game and then once, The people who were p- uh, paying for it decided not to use it. So they bought the IP and all the stuff back so they could make a full game, and then they made a full game. And one of the things they used was Linux, and oh, nice. like, and it was it, that was interesting just by itself. But the, one of the, the 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 players was saying that he was his, every time he sees someone new, he's like really happy to see it because it like creates like gets to bring a brand new community. But he said like the recent rec- like there's been like a resurgence sort of. For like the gaming thing, and it's been the past few months. So I think Destination Linux should totally take credit for that. I think so. <laughs> and, uh...
2: We take over servers <laughs> with uh, exactly. with
1: Linux crews. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think yeah. I, I I don't know. That's anecdotal. I don't know if that's a fact. Um, but I, I think that sort of stuff helps. Is really getting behind the games that support Linux uh, natively from the start, where the developers are keen to get it running and stuff. Yeah, um, that that helps. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So, Mark, if people are interested in following your work, or if they have questions for you, or maybe they want Rocket League tips, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how can they get in, how can they get in
0: touch with you? Yeah, just just email, not email, uh, just yeah. at me on Twitter. Um, I'm M M M D I L U Z. Yep. On Twitter, um, that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. <laughs> Nice. Um I every now and then I give away random games that I still have on Steam, because like, my Steam inventory is just full of games. Um mm-hmm. so if, if you like I don't know, I could pull it up now, but I've just got like so many stupid like <laughs> games that I bought for like one dollar during Steam sale. <laughs> well that would be an interesting
2: question. How many games does smart Delusia have in his Steam library?
0: <laughs> oh I can pull yeah. it up now. Um <laughs> I've only got five hundred, you know. What? Only five hundred, and it's yeah, only it's only four hundred more than me. <laughs> 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 it's not that much. Yeah. No. <laughs> got five
1: hundred of them and four
2: hundred of them are Rocket League. Okay? You know, you can only play exactly. One, exactly. one of them at a time.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. and four hundred of them are DLCs and crates and stuff for Rocket League. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean that's not actually that many. I've got friends who got way more. Um... My the value of my Steam library is like five thousand pounds or something which Squids. Um, squids,
2: squids. Five thousand right. squids.
0: Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> isn't <laughs> really that much. I'm probably I probably just mostly buy stuff when it's on sale.
1: Oh um, yeah. I, I count the rate the retail price. Yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. Mark, it has been an awesome time talking with you. We appreciate you coming by and filling us in on everything you're doing and hopefully you'll return sometime
0: yeah hopefully we'll see <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see we'll see how this turns out
2: yeah, yeah exactly <laughs>
0: check the comments yeah. all <laughs> anyway, right. thanks for having me on i appreciate it yeah. all
1: right
2: a big thank you to each and every one of you for watching and listening however way you do it we appreciate it does that take it away
3: Yep. And uh, a big thank you to uh, all of our patrons out there who, who uh, support us and help us produce this, this podcast. Um, and, in any way that you do also support us, you know, leaving your comments on the YouTube, um, videos and sending us emails with all of your questions. It's that support that keeps us, that keeps us going. Um, and, and, and makes it, makes it for a better show because it ends up with, um, those items that you want us to do for you so thanks very much to all of the patrons
1: michael what's yeah. that email that emails comments at destinationlinux.org. thank you yes and uh just also just so you know most of the time our shows are streamed live on twitch and ish. youtube ish right <laughs> ish uh, this particular one wasn't. Uh, unfortunately, we forgot to ask Mark if he was okay with it until about ten minutes before the re- the interview happened. So we didn't
0: want to spring it, was it not, on. We didn't want to. It's not
1: his fault. It's our fault. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, just to be clear, so this particular episode was not streamed live, but next week will be streamed live. So uh, be sure to follow us on YouTube and Twitch to participate in that. But if you're a patron, uh, you were able to watch this one live in the zoom chat and all uh, episodes that are streamed live also have a post-show and a pre-show that does patrons can participate in as far as using the zoom.us program.
2: All right. Thank you again, Mark. That'll wrap it up for us. Everybody have a great week and remember the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode
1: of Destination Linux podcast.
2: Welcome to Destination Linux. This week we ish. are ish. <laughs> we are not going to have a recording. Michael, why are we not going to have a recording? Or a live stream, I should say.
1: We should probably start over. over.
2: Okay. I messed up your thing. Welcome to Destination Linux. This week, we.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why why does he have to do
2: that? I'm sorry. Sorry. All right, I'll I'll pause so you can get the ish in, okay?
3: Okay, thanks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Destination Linux. Ish. Ish. Why is it ish? Because we are not live streaming this week. Why, Michael?
1: Well, we're going to have an interview this this week. And unfortunately, we uh, neglected to ask him if he was willing to do it live. And it's it would be kind of rude for us to ask him 10 minutes before we do Yeah, that
2: would be pretty rude. Uh, yeah. PZ, we're going to be back next week.
3: We certainly are. And hopefully we'll have a, a good live show with you with lots of gaming and Pixelated bits and pieces and,
2: uh, right and some news. thread ribbers <laughs> stop it
3: loads <laughs> <laughs> of news to keep you all entertained
2: yeah all exactly right. until then everybody have a great week
1: and remember the journey itself is just as important as the thread ripper I don't think that's how it goes not really
3: no destination
1: I'm mm. going to have to disagree <laughs> see ya okay are you ready ish
2: ish we'll yeah just... do i need to pause at destination linux ish <laughs> are you not ready
3: bad. are you ready yeah son this is non-stop by the way mark through the whole show
1: yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right zeb does not just even take a moment doesn't even take a breath to let us talk <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous
2: Because you definitely don't want Michael's name tag over (laughs) Zem.
1: Who would want want that? Yeah, right. Who would want to admit that you're me? I know. (laughs) Leave me alone. Okay, so you're complaining about 31 and 32, and I just looked it up. 95 in Fahrenheit is 35 in Celsius. That is what it is here currently
3: but how humid in your office
1: well I actually have a thing called an air conditioner yeah
2: that's (laughs) what we have over here in the US
3: I've got the the window open so let's hope no dogs bark because it's a balmy 31 in here even with a fan going
2: air conditioner I've got got the same
0: debate I've got a window right here it's like do I like if a massive breeze arrives (laughs) someone tell me that you can hear a wind and I'll just close the window okay
3: UK, Rocco, this happens once every 20 years.
0: Yeah, air conditions don't exist in the UK. Like, we've never <laughs> seen one.
2: <laughs> I have mine running, just so you know.
3: Thanks <laughs> a bunch. Makes me feel <laughs> so much better.
2: It's uh, I have it set to 67, actually.
0: So. That, that's pretty hot, actually. I don't know why you'd want your room at, like water boils near right, that. Right,
2: right, right. We don't oh, use that ridiculous measurement. You know, you we use. we use freedom
1: units. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thread Ripper.
3: Sixty seconds. Go. What? What? <laughs> <laughs>